0: If my dad's not yelling at somebody on the starting line throughout the entire week about the starting line, then they've done a really good job.
1: It's time for Class Racing Today, the podcast for the NHRA class racing fan. It's time for another episode of ClassRacingToday.com. ClassRacingToday at gmail.com is the email address. ClassRacingToday.com is the website. Class Racing Today brought to you by Artisan Coffee coffee by artisan.com um there was just an event that went down uh both of the hosts of this show brian and bobby decided to leave the leave, leave their homes and go down and play on a drag strip uh brian some say that you might uh <clears throat> have run pretty well how are you today it's good to have you back in the studio
2: i'm good i'm tired but i'm good it was a great week um Got to spend some quality time with my wife, and we thought we'd have, it was kind of funny because we're like, all right, what are we going to do in St. Louis? Like, well, we could go see the arch thing. I'm like, you know, we'll probably make a couple passes, and then we're going to be bored for a day until the next race. So we're like, (laughs) I literally Googled sites to see in St. Louis on the way there. Like, didn't get to see a single one of them. So I guess we saw the arch or whatever from a ways away, but the highlight of my week was finally getting to meet my co-host in person.
1: Well, and that that was a, a story in and of itself. You weren't going to be able to go, Bobby, were you? Because you had other commitments. Uh, and then Don Kennedy reached out and said, nope, you're going. Tell us what happened. How'd it go? So I did on that last podcast when
3: Brian was like trying to twist my arm through our, <laughs> you know, the thousand miles apart that we are into going. I was like, no, I can't do it. I have too much going on, wedding plans, all this other you know actual real job stuff and then Don Kennedy or you no know, you know what I said jokingly if somebody wants to pay for me to go I'll go so <laughs> that's exactly what happened. Don Kennedy of Haggerty Insurance reached out and said he would sponsor my trip down there. He thought it would be a you know a great thing if I went down there and did the interviews uh, of the drivers which I did. I had a great time doing it. I learned a lot doing it. And I learned a lot about the drivers. It was it was a blast. I had so much fun. Um, I just like, for not racing, it was the most amount of fun I could possibly have. So I'm so glad I went. And I mean, I got to meet today's guests. I might uh, not have otherwise met them uh, among, you know, 100 other people. So thank you, Don Kennedy. And if anybody needs race car insurance, uh, trailer insurance, reach out to don kennedy he he really does um a lot of business every a lot of the racers there are his customers and it was uh really cool to uh, meet them and have some new ones actually come up to our trailer and and he got them hooked up with some race
2: car insurance that's cool now bobby come on i literally said my favorite part was getting to meet you and you said your favorite part is getting (laughs) to meet our guests like (laughs) i I would have to Uh, agree i'm gonna change my mind i think finally getting to meet the uh, the legends from PMR was was the highlight. It was possibly one of my best licks down the track, so that part was pretty cool. But hey, who's counting? <laughs> so yes, when I
3: did meet Brian, it was it was like uh, what's that v- uh, vacation? National Lampoon's Vacation, where we were running to each other. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I was thinking
2: more like it was a uh, like the old Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito movie Twins. <clears throat>
3: Did you see somebody put on our Instagram? Bobby looks a lot a lot taller in the podcast than in person <laughs> or
2: in the picture. You know the the funny thing about the whole week was so I'm kind of weird on some of the stuff like I always find like if I over prepare like it's always a big letdown So this trip like we hurry up and all of a sudden my wife was able to go earlier so I'm like throwing stuff in the trailer and we get going down the road and I'm like the tags to my trailer are on the counter. Oh, well, we're three hours down the road. It doesn't matter. now. Pretty soon it's like, I don't even have a jack to lift my car up. My wife looks down at her feet. She goes, I didn't even pack socks. We're a dog. We didn't have a dog kennel. Like, I had nothing. Like, I didn't even have race gas. Luckily, I had somebody bringing that to me for the track. But it was like, it was a National Lampoon's vacation for me, too, that way. It was it was crazy. But I don't know if anybody wants to hear about us. So today's guests, luckily, we're kind enough to come on. We got phil jr and tony mandela welcome to the show guys how you guys doing
4: thank you very much for having us
2: so what was your guys's favorite part of the weekend
4: uh for me personally uh just the the excitement of 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 the race itself you know we haven't been racing for a while um my dad kind of made plans for this thing uh without us really knowing and uh um when we pulled in i you know i even told tony i said this it's got a little bit of a different feel to it you know it was a cool uh cool environment for sure literally <laughs>
2: <laughs> i did i did notice like the west coast syndicate had a little different dress than us northerners like there's a lot of stocking caps and coats doubled up and i'm walking around in a t-shirt and people are shivering and you could you could tell where people were from based by the way they were handling the cold.
0: I didn't think it was going to be that bad. It was, uh, you know, I said oh, forty degrees. I'm like, no big deal. And then all of a sudden, you get out in the wind, and it was like feels like it was ten to me. I don't know what ten feels like, but it, it was freaking cold. So it was, uh, but yeah, no, it was a blast. It was the the best part of the thing was just the weather conditions. The uh, being able to just strictly race the whole class racing thing with the stock and super stock guys and having the comp cars there. Um, and being able to just kind of let it all hang out and not worry about, you know, have 100 pounds of ballast in the car. And, you know, it seemed like everybody was pretty much running in what they had. And it was pretty cool to see all that, so.
3: I'll say Eric Campolito went two seconds under the index in his uh, Superstock P-Automatic cop car Impala with a little 265 in it. So, yeah, it was cool to see what people can actually do with their cars. And the wheelies, man. How great were all the wheelies this week?
4: That, that, that was the best part for me. Absolutely. Um, you know, after that first qualifying run, um, it felt like a mini Indy, you know, car was hop, wasn't really hopped up. It was just cold enough and the, and the conditions were so good that, uh, you know, it, it was something else. So the very first hit, I almost had to take my foot off the gas, but uh, you know, after, after that it was, it was, it was all fun and games.
2: That great white whale is working pretty darn good. I will say that thing, thing was launching hard.
4: It was. It was. And uh, it was a fun ride for sure. Always is.
2: The car I was driving uh, of Jim
0: Metters, uh, the thing is not used to doing a wheel stand probably more than about two feet off the ground. So uh, that thing was a wake up. That car was probably in shock all weekend going, what are you doing? And making this <laughs> big old wheel stand came crashing down. I discovered two missing core support bolts. I don't know if I left them on the track or if they got left somewhere else, but I had to put some core support <laughs> bolts in.
3: <laughs> so Brian, well, all three of you guys, you you did the uh I mean you guys got to race. I didn't. I, I was running around constantly. I didn't even get to watch too much. It was like I was interview somebody, take it to my home base, which was actually Don Kennedy's trailer. He gave me a golf cart to use. He he gave me generator power and a wi-fi connection so it was get an interview go back to his trailer cut it up edit it get it over to move me get back out there to get an interview and that's all i did those three stops all day but tell us more of like what what was the what was the race procedure you know like where what was the registration pro- like how did everything work was there a tech guy there like what i don't know anything i felt like i was so out of the loop this week
4: well, you did a heck of a job, Bobby. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, we went back and looked at all those interviews that you were doing and uh, you know, for all the work that you put in out there was, was, was pretty amazing. So thank you for, for doing that. Um, the, the procedure was, was, was cool, man. It was smooth. You know, it was uh, we had tech. There was definitely tech going on. I got checked uh, in the first qualifier, or second qualifier for some or something. They were looking for something around the brake pedal area, you know, and then they checked uh belts and uh stuff like that you know after each round win um you had to weigh um it was uh it felt like a really legitimate race for stock super stock. and at the same time um it was it was operated with 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 ease you know so you know you went up to the tower you checked in you filled out your tech card you sat down with uh Mr. Dave Lay himself and and uh figured out what your weight was make sure all your numbers are right and off you went
3: was Dave Lay there and never I didn't see him. I guess I missed him. But um,
4: he he was there uh, uh, in the tower in the beginning. At least I think it was Dave. Pretty sure.
3: All right, cool. So, um, you got Wade after every pass. You just said that's that's good. So yeah, up and up and legitimate. That's what we like to hear. Yeah. Yeah. And the right track up. conditions now, like they said, it was so I'd never raced somewhere where it was literally there was not a single cloud in the sky for three days straight at least right i got there i think tuesday i think there was a test and tune night where it sprinkled a little bit on and off and then after that there was not a cloud in the sky for the rest of the week but it was 47 degrees um windy like tony said very cold and cars just had not seen that kind of air before i mean i was i was helping don uh kennedy run his super stock car in between cutting videos and we didn't have you know metering rods small enough we couldn't richen the car up enough to get the optimal like mixture um of the air fuel ratio that that we were hunting for i mean it was just the air was just
0: too good yeah no doubt
2: there was a lot it's of yank
0: those metering rods out and throw them away <laughs>
2: <laughs> there were a lot of clouds in the air after my car went down the track with uh burning oil and consumption of whatever. It was it was kind of a hot mess, but I was watching the video. I'm like, "Holy cow." It was like fog city. That's how I was going so fast. I was just trying to fog out the fast cars.
3: <laughs> yeah, somebody I interviewed said, "Your buddy Brian's car is probably killing every mosquito in the in the uh area right now." So, at least that's good. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's it's gonna have to get tore apart. It's not something is awry there. I don't know if it's oil tension or something in the ring tension or something's not quite right. But it just kept doing the same thing over and over. So I'm not gonna change anything.
1: I just thought that was part of your plan. (laughs) Smoke them out and then go down the track.
2: Poofing
3: out the same exact amount of smoke every time it went down. The thing was like deadly to the uh, to like a hundredth of a second almost every single time. I'm going to get some serious new hate mail the EPA.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just look for the, where the clouds are at, right? Yeah.
3: Unfortunately, oh. you couldn't poof that smoke over in front of your opponent's face. It was just going to the guy in the burnout box behind you.
2: Yeah, I'm guessing <laughs> the EPA is going to come send me a letter. But Oh, you're in
3: trouble. You are in trouble. You can't race in California. Don't even think about entering a race out there.
2: Don't come out here,
0: man. Don't destroy our ozone. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so let's get into our, our guests here, Tony and Phil Mandela. Now, uh, <laughs> Phil's the older brother. Tony's the younger brother. You guys both work at Phil Mandela Race Cars, correct? Yep. So w- can you guys tell us uh, – let's start with what you do at the shop. What are your uh, job titles and descriptions, if you will?
0: So I'm. Uh, I kind of oversee all the – operations so we've got a we've got a full race car shop and we've got a full speed shop so we kind of break them apart into the two the full speed shop we've got in stock parts and components from poly uh msd products arp xrp fittings um so we've got a lot of inventory we have two guys that just do parts all day long and then in the back shop we've got about six of us um in the back doing full-time fabricating from sheet metal work uh full tube chassis cars to Uh, putting in a roll bars on the back of cars or installing shocks doing wheelie bars so anything and everything um, from the ground up to completion so um, the back shop's really busy and everything there Um, and I kind of oversee all the projects just making sure things are um, staying on target on time and uh, making sure all the bills get paid and uh, the numbers money's coming in money's going out and all that stuff and then When I get enough time, I'll jump back in the back and do some sheet metal fabrication and wiring and plumbing. So, um, Philip, you can go into your deal now. Um,
4: What I do here is a lead fabricator, welder, um, just building race cars, uh, anything and everything. Um, I prefer to kind of stay in the back and, uh, um, you know, do the work uh, welding-wise and and fabrication-wise. Kind of a jack of all trades. Um, type deal for me, so that, and uh, I'm a race car driver for PMR, so I always enjoy doing that as well.
2: Who's in now, charge of keeping senior to- out mm-hmm. of the shop? <laughs> what you say Jordan? Hey, I said, who's in charge of keeping senior out of the way? Is that oh. like, do oh, you have to tag team that, or? Kinda,
0: we just let him do his own thing? You just don't don't poke the bear because uh, nah.
2: you don't you don't want to see the
0: wrath, but. Uh, no he he you don't know and nobody needs to tell him what to do he he knows what to do he's uh he's already got it down packed. he's been doing it for so long so he he can bounce and jump from one project to the next and make sure that uh he's doing the right stuff so we're lucky we don't we don't have to worry about that one he's uh he's a big proponent so
4: Yeah definitely definitely don't try to tell him what to do that's not going to work out in your favor that's
2: for sure. <laughs> He's not like now, the part You guys
3: order. go to a uh a tech score or you just like Dad taught you how to weld, the, like dad taught you all the good stuff that you need to know.
4: Yeah, dad taught me everything from welding to fabrication to um everything. Uh I did go to some uh cha- you know some junior college stuff just to get certifications for welding and stuff, but um uh, uh majority of everything that I've
0: learned has come from him for sure. Yeah, you know, all my fabrication stuff has been learned from him um and then I went to school for Uh, my business management. And then I have a, like a minor in engineering, but other than that fabrication wise and stuff just all been from him. So.
3: I feel like every time I talk, I talk over Brian. So I was giving him a shot right there. (laughs) (laughs) I can't see you, Brian. So I don't know when you're about to say something. Where'd he go?
2: I'm still here. Oh, there he is. All right you're to be a little faster than that, Bobby, you know, you're the, you're the professional interviewer. So I'm just sitting back watching anymore, but who, uh, how many cars do you guys work on at a time? There, like, do you got three or four? You're waiting for parts. Or have you guys had a lot of issues with that, with the whole COVID thing this year? So we've got uh, in the back
0: shop, we have probably about 22 active projects going on inside the shop. And we've got about, 40 i think it's like 42 or 43 cars waiting to come in all different levels some are complete cars some are uh little upgrades uh some are just roll cages um so we've got a big list of cars we're trying to get through uh, We've got a big list at the shop and then um so yeah we got a lot to a lot on our plate to manage at one point
2: what's the average what's it like what's the waiting period like are you taking stuff are you full for the year
0: it depends on the complexity of the project so the longer the term the project so if it's a full build right now we're uh we're six to eight months out from taking the next like long-term project on if it's more of a short-term thing uh where we're only going to have it for a week or two then we try to work those in as quick as we can those are about three to four weeks out on some of those uh just depending on the length of it and then we also try to look at individuals Racing needs, if a guy's at a racetrack, something happens, he needs something quickly done, turned around, whether it was uh, something broke or needs a quick upgrade right before a race, we try to cater to some of the guys that are right in the midst of racing and stuff, so we'll try to bounce around on some of those things.
2: You don't have, like, loaner cars, so, like, I could drop my vehicle off, have you fix stuff, and you get one for me to race while I'm at it?
0: It's on the wish list. We've had the, we have had multiple requests for that, but it's still in the works, so... <laughs>
4: That's a great idea, by the way. <laughs> I'll rent. take the
3: great white whale. Yeah.
4: <laughs> I would say I'd trade you for a Ford ride, but I don't know if I could do that.
3: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh I, I did get a criticism um about my interviews. They said I was I should have been neutral instead of favoring the Fords, which I I don't think I did. Uh Motor Mania Told me I did 36 interviews for them, and four of them were about Ford's. So, there
0: you
3: go. I apologize. I didn't me. know
0: you were a Ford guy up until I saw your giant banner in the background today. So,
3: <laughs> see, I was completely neutral. Thank you, Tony. Just well, concreted my uh my point there.
2: You never see him in the no, winter did, circle, to so have to do you it. don't worry about that. <laughs> what did you say, Brian? I said they never see your car in the winter circle, so it's hard to know what you drive.
3: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's brutal. There's the Brian that we all know and love.
2: No, I it it is. It was fun to hang out at the race, and it was funny. Everybody like, oh yeah, I listen to your podcast. And I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, I think I now know how Tom Cruise feels when he goes to the shopping mall. Like everybody knows who you are, and you don't know anyone. But that was.
1: (laughs) I don't know. That's maybe a little bit of a stretch, but uh,
2: (laughs) the one comment I heard is we never get to hear enough personal about our guests. So, like, tell us something that the world doesn't know about the brains behind PMR. Like what are your hobbies when you're not building race cars or racing? Man,
0: that's a couple bit there. That's uh we're getting deep. Um mm-hmm. no I uh gosh, I feel like we just we live and breathe this stuff. It's 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 hard to sometimes break away, but um I try to get out and do as much outdoor stuff as we can when when we have moments to get out and do it, whether it's fishing, uh getting out to a lake or something and uh getting out and enjoy the outdoors. That's, uh, that's kind of my, my go-to when it's not racing related.
4: I would say I'm pretty close second to that too. You know, uh, I've been, I've been taking on uh, smoking, smoking meats lately. I got a new smoker for my birthday. So that's a, that's a fun new hobby for me. But like, like Tony said, it's, uh, a majority of our life has been racing, you know, we're we live and breathe this stuff. And, uh, you know, sometimes it can be a little overwhelming at times, to say the least but um you know when we get to go out and do things like we did you know this last week and uh race together with everybody out there and and all of our friends and stuff like that you know you can't beat that you know so i'd take this life any day uh, over uh uh pretty much anything else
2: you know there is plenty of room at the racetrack to smoke meat at the track for supper so yeah um we had a nice little we had a we had brisket one night we had steaks one night we had chicken So feel free to bring your smoker next time. and We'll let you into the community there and you can be part of the part of the I'm
4: always open for that. For sure.
3: I thought the Mandela's were going to bring some ravioli or something I could eat. Like, come on. (laughs) Where's the, uh, where's the, somebody's got to bring the pasta, right? Yeah. That'll be my job. That's usually Jeff paradise.
4: Uh, the guy who does my converters, he, he'll, he he will literally bring out some uh, homemade pasta and spaghetti. Um, you know this guy can cook like crazy. Not only that, but he can build a badass converter as well.
3: I also got to meet um, uh, your guys' lovely significant others. You guys have very nice. Um, Phil, you have a nice, very nice fiance, and Tony, you had a wife there, and they were your little kids running around the motorhome. I think watching Frozen, and you guys fed me one night. It was really. It was nice to get back to that you know, racing atmosphere that I am kind of used to, you know, that I was used to pre 2020. So it was, you know, you guys have good, good families. Um, so you got that going for you. You guys didn't even mention that in your, uh, in your personal, uh, question outside of racing. Shame on you.
0: (laughs) Shame on us. The, uh, well, the way I remember in the, when we were, when we were feeding you is that you were watching frozen and the kids were running amok, running around and crazy. And, but, uh, yeah i was
3: like kids be quiet this is my favorite po-. no
2: we had to get a pillow for bobby to sit on so he could see the tv
0: <laughs> no but they're, they're uh, my wife Brittany, she's such a huge uh factor in all that too i mean most of all our significant others are because they're they're putting up with the uh the craziness of letting us take off and go there's been many times where i've stranded her home alone so we can go racing and uh she's stuck at home dealing with the, the two kids and having to do it and it's I've only had to do it, I think, one time, and I remember it was this big orchestra where it was like, okay, sure, here's all the emergency contact numbers, make sure this, make sure that. I'm like, we'll be okay, we're going to do it. And then it was like, she left, and I'm like, wait, what do we do? I already forgot everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Was I actually supposed to listen to those details, honey? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I'm
4: always getting yelled at for.
3: Right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Me too, too, Phil, don't worry. Um, (laughs) Now, you guys, it's awesome. You guys have that many cars waiting to get in your shop. You said earlier, 40 cars waiting to get in the shop. And that's great. And you know what? I, I can tell why, because just seeing you guys at the track, I mean, the way you guys help everybody, the way your dad just walks around and, and, and helps everybody. I mean, whether they're like a customer of his or not, like he was just helping. He helped uh, me out a couple of times. I had a couple dumb questions for him. And, and I can tell that he does quality work by the way he pays attention to detail. But oh, yeah. you guys live in California, and it's a scary place to be as a racer and a race fan. Does that kind of worry you guys at all? That you know tracks there just kind of going away. Or do you think that could be an issue going forward?
0: I don't think so. Not. I know it's always a scary topic and stuff. And when our our closest track to us, which is Fontana, is currently closed uh, mainly to COVID stuff. And but it's we still have a couple good tracks that are still really close by and i think it just makes those ones stronger you know vegas we have to travel a little bit you know so we got to go two three four hours maybe to get you know to vegas bakersfield uh hopefully fontana does open up here uh in the next season or so and yeah please got open bit. fontana yeah and uh Irwindale's a little eighth mile track that's been around for a while but it's uh they've probably gotten stronger in all of this um, they've got a lot more just because they were willing to open back up and get going. So it's been good that they've been open. And, um, you know, at the same time, sometimes as racers, we can't be picky where we're racing, you know? So, um, I think it kind of puts a little bit more emphasis on that and appreciate the, the ones that we do have and, and try to keep supporting them as much as we can. Now,
3: Absolutely. The majority of the business that you guys have, is it, you know, class cars, stock and super stock cars? Are you guys getting, you know, your, uh eight second um uh what are those other classes called There's like outlaw classes are you getting like different varieties of cars or is this just mainly stock and super stock is what you guys are, are no doing? we've
0: we've got a mix of just about everything from street rods that'll never see a racetrack to uh, street strip cars so they're built a lot like a stock eliminator car you know factory suspension but they've got an ls motor in it maybe or something um we've got full tube chassis cars that are going to be sorted to 60 seconds in a quarter mile and they're going to be twin turboed make 2 to 3000 horsepower we've got a couple of those in the shop right now um we've got an outlaw uh, like a drag radial car in the shop right now that we're building for a guy in Washington um and so they're they're all over the place um the a lot of the concepts are are similar there's a lot of suspension changes and stuff that happen depending on what you're running in but we've got a good diverse customer base and um always a lot of stock and super stock guys for sure but it's not just all that you'll end up seeing when you look inside the shop
2: so i got a question i guess you guys have been around this thing for a long time like compared to like any trade divisional national events compared to the race we were at this weekend what are your thoughts? Where do you think, do you see that going anywhere? Do you think it's just a, a fling? Like, where do you guys see that happen? Where, the, where do you see that going?
4: I, I personally um, think it's something that has the feet to, to take off and, and become something, you know, amazing. Um, the way that Tyler put on that race, promoted that race, um, his whole track crew, the facility, um, Tyler's uh, family. I mean, everything was done like almost with perfection, literally the scheduling, the the track temperature, the track prep. Um I think it was Brandon Mass who was in charge of the mass traction over there. Um everything was done almost almost perfectly. Um I think, you know, there's been guys before that have tried to do this stock super stock stuff out here. Um we used to have a combo race in Fontana. Um it was called it was uh, Skeeta was the um the promoter for that. Um you know, we would be lucky to draw 16 to 20 cars depending on the date or, you know, if they were using it to to run the series or, you know, if it was, you know, the one date that we would get a lot of cars would be, you know, obviously before a national event being Pomona and we'd pull like 30 to 50 cars, but um, it's a tough deal with these class racers. You know, it's uh, for me, um, I love the class racing aspect of, of, of everything, but, you know, when it comes to just racing, I, I love that too, you know, so my dad gets mad at me just because I want to go out and race and I'll go out and try to, you know, hit every bracket race that I can it's local or, you know, within reason to get to, um, just to have the seat time and, 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 and whatnot. Uh, But, uh, you know, putting on a race like this and trying to get all these guys to come out, um, is, is a feat in its own, you know? And, um, I was, I was kind of disappointed. I'm sure Tyler was too, that, you know, there was, uh, what do we have? 74, 75 stalkers and, uh, a little less in super stock i think i'm not sure of the exact numbers but this is one of the races where i felt like this should be maxed out and and we should be having 128 cars plus on each side um so i mean i i, I see the potential in this for sure i mean i see it if we can get something going that's that's spread out across the whole uh you know nation um i, I think that's the way to go um in my opinion i and i'm not here to knock nhra i love nhra too but you know, being able to go out there and, and, and race in in four different races in four days uh, for good money and getting paid on the same day literally um, is 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 fun for me. And and being able to have all the same rules and um, uh, types of cars that we have out there,
0: so I I'd think like it's something see. that I think it's a great race. I think it. There's been already a lot of talks, even with the West Coast guys. They're like, "Man, we need to have one out here by us." and you know, doing something a little bit closer here. Cause there's a lot of guys even on the West coast that would love to be able to be a part of something like this and, and having to get enough promotion and the get right guys behind it, like Tyler and, and those guys and as, as good as they did putting everything together and promoting it and being able to come up with all that money for it is, is what you got to do. Cause that's what draws the racers in. It sways them over to, to come and race for 25K or the, or even the chance at 50,000, if you double up, you know, and I, I I see it with a, a very high ceiling if no ceiling at all I mean I, I could I could easily just run these races and not have to run anything else. I'd be perfectly happy with that. It was a lot of fun
4: yeah, I'd agree with that 100 percent.
2: What do you think that was really like what as from a racer what was your perspective of this event like what's the one thing you think they really nailed?
1: The one was, thing that
4: I, I wish they would have had. Was uh, that guy uh, PJ Fouts, aka PJ North? I don't know if you're watching out there, buddy, but I was looking forward to one of those uh, those Midwest concerts out there. Um, didn't get to see him, but other than that, everything was was done great. The racer appreciation party, the money that was available to win, um, the track. I mean, the weather. It was like a perfect storm. It was it was it was really unbelievable.
3: He did bring in uh, Mass Traction, which is an independent. Um company i guess you would say that uh you know preps tracks and he was an interesting um guy to speak to he really i was trying to learn from him we we were staying at the same hotel so every morning i would see him for breakfast and he would you know tell me about certain glue compounds he was using he was trying to keep the track at a peak what he called like a flat peak uh performance um like line i guess you would say where where some other track prep can peak out and then it falls off and then they have to glue it and then it peaks out and it falls off so he was it was like interesting to know what he was doing to keep that track in the good condition it was in i i, I don't i maybe saw like a handful of cars spin the whole weekend i was there and it was unfortunate to see but i know i know he was doing the best he could to give everybody you know the race surface that we had given the cold temperatures that we had
0: yeah yeah if my dad's not yelling at somebody on the starting line throughout the entire week about the starting line, then they've done a really good job because he will <laughs> jump down anybody's throat in a heartbeat. You can ask. Yeah, he does it at the U.S. Nationals about every year. You just go up there and watch <laughs> him. He'll bark down the starter's throat in about three seconds. That's that's a fact.
3: And then speaking of the big money, Tony won some big money at the second race. You won that 5K it was called a consolation race, but it really, anybody could enter it, which was cool because then you could double up. You could get more seat time. You could get extra hits. You could try to win you know, that extra money. So congrats on that, Tony. Phil, you got down to the final of Stock Eliminator, correct? At the second, yes. at the 25K race. Yes. So you guys were both, you know, you came from far away, flew in and did your jobs. I mean, you guys drove killer. And then on top of that side note, Phil, you just won five grand a couple of weeks ago in Irwindale, correct?
4: That is correct.
3: Yeah. So just another testament to your driving ability. And that was also in the whale, uh, the Chevelle, right?
4: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I take that thing everywhere. Uh, races, eighth mile, quarter mile, whatever I can get, get my butt in that seat on. I'm, I'm going to try to be there. Um, I try to help support any local track that I can get to. Um, you know, I've been to Barona a few times, uh, uh, Irwindale a few times and, uh, obviously Fontana, that's my home track, but they've been closed down since this whole pandemic thing. Um, we're trying to get them and figure out some information from them. Uh, a lot of rumors flying around about that track, but, um, until, until we know facts, we won't, we won't say anything out loud, but yeah, go out and support your local tracks. I can't stress that enough because when it's gone, you're going to be, uh, you're going to be wishing you were there.
2: So was there any splits on the second race?
4: uh yeah yeah for ours there was um we split it four cars um the uh we did a what did we do i think we did a 5200 5, for the the loser of the semis um which the was the round that i lost and then uh i'm not sure how they split it up in the final i know there was 22 left in the final so i'm um, not sure exactly what they did
2: so that's similar to what they did in the race i was in then
4: that's right. Speaking of your racing, uh Brian, heck of a job for a guy only in his second year of of running that car, especially in these in these class cars, man. Heck
0: of a job. But no longer in the rookie status though. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> when when do you get kicked out of that? Is there like a timeline or it
0: just hit right now
4: about Yeah, you just, you just you just entered it right now. <laughs> I I don't want to line up against you anywhere. Um, based on on the way you were driving that weekend, man, it was even my brother and I were looking over your numbers. We're going, he's doing something because we couldn't figure it out. And uh, you know that that what was it, a three or four pack you put up against Tony, even though Tony I think went red that round. I'm not sure, but uh, tough stuff. And I think that car was just on a string all day long. I mean, it was, it was you were doing a heck with job, man.
3: Now I did notice that Phil Mandela Jr. was running the right lane all day. Brian was running the left lane all day. Then they squared off. And, and I made sure to put him in the left lane. I'm like, all right, Phil's just they're, they're not even gonna flip. Phil would probably just go in the right. Brian go in the left. Nope. No. No. Boom. Switched
2: so, it up. I will say out of twenty whatever, I think I made nineteen passes. I won nineteen coin flips. The twentieth one. I it wasn't <laughs> I lost one coin flip and yeah Yeah. i was heads 19 times and won 19 times and then junior comes by to teach the kid a lesson and
4: (laughs) and i made sure to tell him that too when we we were talking after i lost and i was up there watching tony for the final and i go man i'm so glad i won that coin toss because i I there was no way i'm putting you in that left lane you know and uh uh it it happened to work out you know uh i think he went 12 red in that round and it would have been a heck of a race um if he goes green with the regular lights that he had that week, so.
2: You know, it was uh, it was pretty fun. I, I've worked pretty hard this winter, at just trying to do a couple things. You know, I've been trying to hit the tree, and just trying to keep it simple and break down a few things instead of I'm, as Bobby can attest, it's kind of I should be called hot mess racing because there's just kind of a lot of crap going on and some things I'm pretty detail oriented. I'm like, all I'm gonna try to do is control the things I can control. I try to get better at the lights. I want to get my car sorted out a little better. Like it was running pretty good, but I think it's, it can be better. Um, but it was kind of fun to work on the lights. Like I, I signed up and this is bracket racing elite with lamb and bigaki. And I, uh, I've picked a lot of stuff out of there and I would encourage anybody that's trying to get into it, like plug into some of those guys. And I got to give Mike Manns a huge shout out too. I mean, he's helped me a lot on the suspension and just some basic strategies and it was fun to actually get to practice for the first race of the year like i wasn't expecting anywhere near that kind of success but it was really fun to actually get some payback from from the work i put in so that was that was pretty cool not trying to toot my own horn but i worked pretty damn hard to get there so that was a lot of fun
4: chewed away buddy Toot away <laughs> <laughs> i
2: don't want to be that guy because i know what will happen next race you know first round and then you get frustrated and <laughs> I just figure every round was a gift, and it was so much fun to get to pull up next to cars that I tried to not even know who I was against, you because I didn't want to, like, fanboy out and be all geeky, but the, uh, the happiest car I've ever been paired up next to is that white Camaro because I didn't have anything for Larry Hill, and it was looking like a heads up, and Tony, when you took him out, I wanted to run over and give you a hug, but we didn't know each other that well yet, so I didn't want it to be awkward, but... I, I don't know about you guys, but you I should've. felt like the left lane. I was in the right lane just about every pass, but my by run on the race before, and I'm like, you know what? I better switch to the left side because somebody's going to put me there. Knowing I rode the right side the race before, so I felt like the left lane was a little tighter than the right lane. I don't know what you guys thought.
0: It's actually funny you say that because I I was thinking the opposite, but I wouldn't go off the of mind. But I was I was in the left lane all uh, the whole race and. And I just kind of stuck there. And then I think you're the only guy that I that we flipped for lanes. Everybody else is just so nice and like, here, yeah, just have this lane over here. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm like, man, just What the heck, the deal? We got to flip for lanes, you know?
2: I wanted to man. win something against Mandel, And if at least I won the coin flip, like that could be, I beat him in a coin flip. <laughs>
0: And then so I'm like, man, this guy's making me flip for lane. So I'm just thinking about that as I go up there. And I just, I had no choice but to go red against you. You know, so that was it. Yeah.
2: Psyched yeah. you out with my strategy over the flip. I want heads. <laughs> I was actually just trying okay. to steal your coin. <laughs> it was uh, yeah, really. CIC. Did you guys run the CIC
3: race? Uh,
4: um, Phil? I did. Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, we qualified. Best of cars ever run, obviously in the in that great air, but uh, qualified uh number eight or nine, I'm not sure in the in that first race. My dad was pretty pumped to, to run that CIC race, even though I, I had a feeling we didn't really have a shot at it, but um which we didn't. But um it was fun to, to partake in something like that. It was cool.
3: That looks so much fun to me. Like I I wish I had something that could do that because that would be just I don't know. The strategy behind it is is freaking awesome and you kind of you kind of can have a shot if you play your cards right i i thought it was really cool to see brent copeco win in that uh 86 charger that he has that was like a, a hell of a run um where he won and he won on a whole shot too which which was even funnier and it, it was against a real fast car i think, I think it was it against jeff, jeff taylor yeah. right yeah yeah car. i think it
4: was against taylor yeah but come when on bobby the slow taylor, cars got never got the, win
3: it was it was very difficult for the uh MotorMania cameraman because if you ever watch if you watch that race he had to zoom out so far because he's trying to keep Kapeka and Taylor in the in the same picture. It's like he was flying out into outer space and then and then he was able to zoom back in. I didn't think he was going to keep them both in the picture, but it was an awesome race and it was uh it was fun to watch and congratulations Brent Kapeko on your CIC win.
2: I thought slow cars yeah, couldn't win, Bobby. What's that? I thought you said slow cars can't win.
3: Eliminators. They can win CIC races though.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys? You probably didn't watch that one of the races I did see on Motor Mania. I think it was the uh, like the Ranger pickup versus like the wagon, like the Pinto wagon. And it was so funny because when they actually switched like the camera angles, you don't see anything. It's just a bare track, and then they come on. Like the cars were so slow, they actually were completely off camera for a second. That was pretty funny.
3: Pinto wagon W stick. He put up a two pack. On yeah. Friday, I think. Yep. That was amazing. And then yeah, the two brothers, Travis and Ellis, they had to race each other in round three. And I believe Ellis won with the truck. He went like dead on with a zero. He went dead on a couple times with that fifteen nineties. I think was his dial in. It was
4: yeah, yeah. He took out a couple of copos. I think uh, that second that second main race. Going and dropping dead on with that thing. Pretty crazy.
3: All right, I changed my mind, Brian. Yeah, slow cars can win the Eliminator, too. (laughs) Those have got
0: to be the funnest races to watch, though, when you got the 9-second Copo, and then you got the 17-second car, and you're like, there's just no way this is going to work, you know? And then he catches them somehow at the last second, and it's like, wow, it's cool. I
3: I was at a national event on, like, a Sunday, and do you guys remember the Gremlin that was racing this past weekend? Yeah. At the... Race Eric Merrifield was driving it but before Eric Murrayfield had it Ed Fernandez had it and it was like Saturday or Sunday at the Keystone Nationals and the place was packed and he had to race some fast car and he was halfway down the track and the fast car never caught him he got the win in the gremlin and the whole place like erupted it was so it was so funny to see it was so cool too cuz like the whole place cheered for him when he won like you thought it was like a pro just went down and made a 3 second run or something
4: well, I'll tell you what, I got to give a shout out to, uh, Gary Hampton out there. He drives that, uh, uh, I believe it's a Cavalier. Um, and he won the, uh, last year he won the D seven, uh, Phoenix race, his first divisional win driving that front wheel drive soccer. Um, I'll tell you what, you didn't want to race in that weekend. That guy was teen or better, uh, running almost dead on every run. And, uh, shout out to him. So it can't happen. I've, you know, for sure. And it's as hard to race those guys in my opinion. I mean, I don't have a super fast car, but you know, 11 second car versus a 15 second car um, you know, being able to judge that stripe is probably just as hard as for for us versus uh, you know, what they have to deal with too. So.
2: Yeah. When you get to a certain point, just the rate of closures so much different. I think it just, it really, it could go either way at that point.
3: And Hampton's it. Hell of a nice guy too. He was one of our first guests we ever had on this podcast.
0: Yeah, he's a cool dude. I started racing in Q stock automatic, so I have a a, a true love in in a stalker uh, a '66 Impala. So that's where you just that put car one,
3: cool. one hand over the seat and just act like you're uh, looking back to, at the kids, but you're looking <laughs> yeah. back at the fast car that's
0: chasing you. You never looked forward in those cars. You just you were constantly looked over your back because there's just nothing nothing in front of you.
2: You know, the, the funny thing about this weekend is I think Bohannon, I don't know how many passes that guy made in that vet, but that thing is just beautiful. It's, he had to have made about the most passes of anybody there. I mean, it was it was impressive to watch that guy drive.
4: Yeah, he did a heck of a job, for sure. And I don't know if he was driving the vet the whole weekend. I think he might have been driving uh, the, third, the third gen um, in the first race. I'm not sure, exactly sure if that's correct, but whatever Bohannon's were out there running there I heard their name a lot on the PA for sure and you know to come out of your kids race and, and 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 put that thing on the dance floor that's pretty cool so props to him for sure too
2: yeah I think he was in he was in every semifinal. like he was he was on a mission it was awesome and then I think the victory speech at the end was pretty cool too like I was I was trying to pack up but I heard it and you could tell it was pretty emotional he really wanted it and he worked hard for it so that was pretty cool that he won that yeah, it was. It was.
3: It was a really good speech. It was like a tearjerker. So,
4: and I don't know if I got that right. I'm not sure if Tyler's his kid or if that's his uncle. So there's so many of them to keep track. But thank you guys again for real. Uh, all the Bohannon crew, Megan Stross were, um all the guys working at the track down there. And it, it really was a great time. We had a. Uh, it's one of my. It's one of the memories I'm going to have for a very very long time. So thank you guys.
3: And for anybody that didn't follow the race, I just want to. Spit out a couple winners here. In the 25K race, uh, first race, Matt Morris in a GTH automatic uh, Cavalier took the win over Larry Gilley. And Larry Gilly drives an e stock automatic uh, 69 Dart. So Larry Gilley beat our buddy here, Brian, in the final of stock. And Matt Morris beat Chuck Bohannon, correct? In the final of super stock before going to the combo final. Did I get that right? Unfortunately. Okay. And then uh, the 5K race, Craig Maddox took the win over Marion Stevenson. So Craig Maddox has a drag pack challenger, and Marion Stevens has a uh, Camaro, a 15 Camaro, streetcar version. So it's not a Copo. And then 25K race number two, Chuck Bohannon in that sick, nasty Corvette took the win over Jeff Taylor in his uh, drag pack challenger the jegs car and then the 5k tony mandela got the win over brett speer tony mandela was driving a 67 camaro owned by jim metter and over brett speer who was driving i want to say an 87 camaro in super stock super stock j automatic i think could be getting that wrong right now i'm confusing it with his wife's car for anybody that wasn't there paying attention and then CIC race, we just said Brett Copecka won stock and Eric Campolito won super stock in Ernie Neal's um big boat uh, Caprice. Man, he buzzes the hell out of that motor too. Did we talk about Good job comp- driving though, Eric uh, Campolito? Did we talk about Brett comp at all? Comp, who won comp? I did I did have to interview Erica Enders on Saturday, but other than that, I'm not sure.
0: Was a it time. Fest Festrel? How do you say festral I think Mike over one in Ferrell, comp yeah.
2: in his roadster
0: <clears throat> over aerosmith
2: yeah. Tony, didn't you drive comp for a bit?
0: Yeah, I've been racing in comp for the last uh, probably shoot five or six years. This the uh, this last year was the first year we didn't just because of COVID and stuff. So I drive for Randy Jones normally out here in the West Coast, and we've got a third gen Camaro that we run an A super modified automatic. Uh, so. Yeah, normally, normally behind the wheel of a comp car, um, I've started out in stock, super stock, and then got into comp, and so I've been kind of deep into that for a while. And so it's cool to get back into a stalker. But um, yeah, comp has got a special place in my heart for sure.
2: What are the what are the similarities and what are the biggest differences? Like, I mean, I've never. I can only imagine. It's awesome to watch them. I mean, that's high horsepower. It seems really high maintenance, but are they? Are they pretty forgiving or is there a lot more tuning to make them go down the track or
0: uh obviously the faster you get going the 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 more you got to pay attention to a lot more of the details especially suspension wise you get a little bit less leeway on suspension setup so if you miss on one run then you're uh you're not going to be you know you're either not making it down the track or you're over hooking and it's getting out of control and so there's a lot less window there for margin of error um as far as the similarities, it's it's pretty much a, a high-speed bracket race because the idea is still to cut a light and, and make it tight at the finish line except you're judging these cars. Uh, you might be only going 160 miles an hour in, in a class in comp, and then you got a guy that's chasing it down at 220. So you got to try to look over your shoulder and figure out, oh, can I hit the brakes or not hit the brakes? So there's, there's that aspect of it. Um, qualifying position is very important in comp. Uh, it's uh, w- with us, it's been small fields, unfortunately, and hopefully that'll change, but uh, the smaller the field, I think that the tougher the racing is and you have to really pay attention to where you're qualified at. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, uh, you, you, you do get that forgiveness of, okay, well, I took the stripe by too much, but I'm not going to break out. But, uh, your, your index is going to feel it come Monday morning because in NHRA stuff, and. You go too fast under your index, you get you get permanently hit. So it goes away and it it disappears forever. So,
2: I wonder how that would work in stock. If that would be a good way to handle some of the horsepower stuff.
0: Well, we you have it a little bit because you've got your automatic horsepower factoring system. So, like if we were to run this race that we just ran, you know, at an NHRA event, there'd be a number of people that would be getting automatic hits because they were already over. I don't remember the number now uh, off the top of my head, but I think it's like. 120 under or something, yeah, anything yeah, past that went out you're automatically hit so we, we already got a form of that you know which is why you kind of go back like why this race was so cool because everybody could let it hang out and and go super fast without having any repercussions in it yeah
3: that is a topic that's discussed every once in a while i see it on the forum sometimes um if you get hit only they pe- people want that in stock and super stock personal personal horsepower hits What do you guys think of that? I I I, I'm not sure what I think of that yet. I really would have to sit down and think about it. Not sure it would affect me in any way, shape, or form. But you know, what do you guys think?
0: It's for me. Yeah, go ahead, Tony. uh, Well, I was saying it. it, This is going to be the forever debated topic, you know, because it's just you're never going to have a perfect system. You're never going to have anything that's going to make everybody happy, you know. And having a system in place is needed. Um, so it's better than nothing, and I guess I'll just kind of leave it at at that. There's always ways to refine it and make it better, but uh, even in comp eliminator, we've we've got a lot of discussions on how to manage our personal indexes moving forward, and it's it's tough. It, you have get you get split decisions on how you think it should be done, and how to keep everybody happy, and and not push people away and discourage them from racing, and um, but also not letting certain people run away with it and and getting out of control. So. It's uh, it's going to be a forever debated topic, and um, it, it might as well be a Republican versus Democrat debate, you know.
4: Oh, boy. Here we go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will say I had a pretty – somebody brought up a pretty good idea this weekend that they should take the top five fastest times on a given combination, and that's what they should average off of. Instead of just the average, they should take the top five fastest times. I thought that was kind of an interesting idea.
4: I think the way Tony put it too, it's, it, you know, you're not going to make everybody happy. At least there's something in place um, currently. I'm not sure how long that, that uh, AHFS has been in place. Um, uh, but, you know, obviously there's, I'm, I'm lucky because I, uh, to be honest, you know, I, I run the 69 Chevelle with that three and a quarter horse motor. Um, and I'm the only guy that I can think of on the West coast, except for maybe one other guy that has a, a similar combination Um, I'm kind of in control of my own destiny with that car and that combination um, because I don't see a lot of them. I know there's a a guy up in Canada that runs a similar combo and and maybe a couple more out east that I I can think of off the top of my head. But, you know, these Mopar guys and these other, you know, uh, highly sought after combinations, uh, you know, the Camaros and A, B stock, especially the Mopar guys, they're so good at controlling that system um, that, you know, it'd be hard to persuade these guys that have worked so hard to figure it out to keep the, the keep their numbers uh, strong um, like Tony said you, you can't make everybody happy with this with that situation um, at least there's something in place um, and yeah you know there's guys that make mistakes sometimes out there that um, uh, that stuff happens you know in, in my opinion if, if, if you own this stuff you can do whatever you want but uh, um yeah, it is a it is a weird system. I think it's uh, uh, something that maybe could get looked into, but at the same time, it would be hard to to figure all that out um, from the top from the
0: top perspective.
3: Tony, that's your job. You're the numbers guy, right?
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I've got my calculator. Uh, I'm crunching it as we speak.
3: So I'll have it by the end is of that, the show. Is that the free one they give you at the bank? <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, I did want to make a a side note announcement here, very uh unrelated to like our little discussion here, but a D1 racer and stock eliminator, one of my favorite guys and a lot and a lot of our uh, uh we're all friends with this gentleman. His name is Bob Bender. He runs in stock eliminator out of D1. He lives in Maryland. He was in uh Vietnam and he's actually a bronze star winner. Well, I saw Penny posted on Facebook. Penny Penny's his wife. That Bob and his uh, Vietnam buddy Bud Marshall they met this week for the first time. They reunited after 51 years, and they hadn't seen each other in 51 years. And she got it on video, and um, they got to uh, catch up. and And according to her, she was very proud uh, that they were able to, that she was able to capture the moment for them where they got to be reunited. So, thank you, Bob Bender and Bud Marshall, for your service. I just wanted to get that out there for everybody. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, thanks, Bob. so I got a, That's qu- a cool story too. I got another question we always ask everybody is and since we have guys with your caliber on here, it's I can't miss this one, but what's the weirdest way you've ever won a race? Hmm.
0: Ooh, i've got I've got one or two um I had um I had one where um i i was i couldn't even run the number uh, something was, I was the car was missing and I, I discovered this new electrical problem and i was running a super stock at the time and i'm like we were chasing it trying to find it and i'm like there's there's no way i'm even going to get by this round but i need to test it to try to figure it out and you go up there with every intention of basically losing because you just you know you can't run anything and um i I don't even remember. I'm not sure what happened to the other guy. I don't even remember who I was racing, but it was up in Bakersfield. And I I ended up, uh, I just dialed it soft and as soft as I could and and went down there. And I I don't know if the guy just wasn't expecting it, but I just was able to hang a fender. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to win this thing. And went down there and I took too much stripe. Even I took like a car length stripe trying to do it. And I still, when like came out, I'm like, this, this is not right. I shouldn't have won this. you know. I've had
4: uh, a, <laughs> I don't know if I can remember anything specific. I've had a lot of lucky rounds, um, you know, as I'm sure all of us probably have, but, um, I guess, you know what, I guess really what brings back to that front wheel drive stocker cars I've raced those. I've raced a uh, bill O'Connor quite a few times in Fontana at these little association races that we were going to. And there's been times where I should have not won even, you know, at all. And, uh, just came out on the right side. Just basically flying by him. I couldn't judge a stripe at all. And uh, just trying to get there. And then I look at the time slip. What I think I'm seeing out the window was a tight stripe. Ended up being like two car lengths. So that's about as crazy as a story as I got for that one.
2: What's, what's one rule you'd like to see changed? Hmm.
0: As far as... Like stock, super stock stuff,
2: mainly. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, um,
0: Gosh. Uh, I don't know. I need to think on that one. That was blindsided right there. I don't know.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough question for me, too. Um,
2: Come on. You guys got to have something you complain about every single time. How about True Start? Do you hate that? Do you love it?
4: I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of that for sure. Um, I know the old timers. There's a lot of them that don't that don't like it, and a lot of the fast cars don't like them because you know they feel like that's the advantage that you get by driving the faster car. Um, I like the way that um, Kyle, Seipel, and and uh, them and uh, beyond on them started with that true start deal at their races, and I've raced at a couple bracket races where true starts in play, and um, I like it. I think it's a fair deal.
0: Being that I originated in Q Stock Automatic, I, I wouldn't mind I guess reviewing the uh, red light uh, first rule. Maybe the worst red light could lose. I would. I'll I'll vote for the small the slow guy there on that one.
3: Hey Tony, when you raced the Q Stock Automatic, did you deep stage or did you shallow
0: stage? No, I I had just enough power out of uh, out of the little uh, I think it was a 283 um, engine in this 4,000 pound car. I had just enough power I could uh still leave off the bottom yellow i was experimenting with a little tiny tires, so then it really looks uh funky with that big old car but i was able to still react a little bit off that bottom down there
3: yeah deep staging was gone before i got into stock i didn't get into stock and super stock till 2009 so i think it was gone by then but i know yeah uh,
4: i think that was the toby lang rule uh from back in the day toby was used to drive this car that I have now, the the great white whale. And uh, I think part of his, his thing was he was a deep stager. And when they changed that rule, um I think they based it off of him from what I've what I've heard.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of mixed opinions on that on the uh forums. Like some some guys are like bring it back and some guys are like, no, that's for bracket racing. It's not for class racing. I don't care either way. If if you want a deep stage, go ahead. I just don't i don't care about like i don't care for them holding up the tree and all that stuff for it but if you can get in there go right ahead i don't really give a shit
2: so so you got the great white whale did you get that from lying then
3: it was named that yeah jim metter owned the car
4: and toby joe for him um i mean one of the most amazing drivers um i i grew up watching um you know, I always, I always uh, thought he was one of the one of the best guys out there, especially on the D seven side. I don't know if, he, yeah, he did race in D seven, maybe D six. I'm not sure. Um, uh, D six, so it was D six. Yeah. Um, you know, I grew up watching him, and and I always loved that car. Even though he was, you know, he never hopped it up. He never really tried to be a like a go fast kind of guy. He was more of the guy that picked his spots on the ladder. And and man, I think he had a single digit on that window almost every year, or close to it. Um, driving that car, so big shoes to fill with that. With uh, driving that thing now, but the game you... has changed so much, you know, from those years um, then versus now. I mean, you got hitters out here on the West Coast. I mean, everywhere really. But you know, now I look at guys like Lamb and Rosoli and Mangus, and and uh, there's numerous others. CW Hofer, you know, just watching these guys' style and the way that they race. Um, and the way that they can change their game plan on the fly uh, or what they're doing on the track is, is pretty amazing. So.
0: For the record, West Coast racing way tougher than anywhere else in the country. Just so. <laughs> Stir up some controversy. Yeah, we'll get that one going.
4: I, I, I you know, what would be cool I think, is I think, you know, we have the all-star program with the NHRA stuff. Um, I think if we did something, you know, where you could have, you know, you know, and you got the summit program where you get your national champions and stuff, but. I think that all-star program could be expanded into getting a lot of the or even putting on a, a race separately of all the, you know, one of, you know, the top guys out there and and seeing them go at it um would be would be fun to watch too.
2: Well, if they do another class race or revival, I'd like to see them do a a points by state. So let's do like yes. a state by state competition. So we'll see the drivers from each state who goes the most rounds and then we'll see which state won. Yeah,
4: absolutely. That'd be cool. That'd be cool.
2: Unless you're from California and bring like six people in the same truck,
0: <laughs> pretty much what we did this last <laughs> go round, almost.
2: <laughs> hey, carpooling's a thing out there. I get it.
0: Yeah, you know, <laughs> ozone man. Got to keep the <laughs> got to keep the emissions down. All right. How'd you Me end up, smoking
2: Bandit? Is there a story how you ended up with the great white whale?
4: Uh, just fell in the right place at the right time. I had just come back to working at the shop. I took a little hiatus out of here for a few years and um, came back. And Jim had had it for sale for a little while, his, uh, his uh, son-in-law was driving it for a couple of years and then he started his family and his business. So he kind of stopped racing and um, it was there and I kind of made the deal behind my dad's back and it worked out. Jim helped me, you know, I did basically a half money down type deal and the rest on payments. Uh, and uh, it was just a blessing, you know, cause uh, it, it, it was always been a dream of mine to have a car. You know, we have a race business we're just so busy working on on race cars we've never actually um owned our own um for a long time i i mean it's it's been a, it's been a quite a while so um once once that deal got done and my dad found out about it he was uh he was a little unhappy to say the least uh but in in the long run i think now he's 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 happy that we got that thing on board and 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 we're being able to do well in it so
3: and your dad is a is a, he's a fun guy to talk to I and mean, he's entertaining he's got story after story he got a memory better than than mine i i can't even remember what i did like 2 days ago and he can remember things from like 30 and 40 years ago like they just happened yesterday
4: oh yeah for sure he's got stories for days and uh they they're good stories if if you have the time to listen to
3: them for sure <laughs> now do you guys uh i know you guys have a little help and i'm sure you would like to thank a couple sponsors that help you guys out
4: Yeah, for me, uh, DICE Performance Converters, uh, Jeff Paradise over here in California. Thank you, buddy, for um, all your help. Um, Maximal Racing Oils, um, they help us provide the uh, lubricants for our vehicles. Uh, Mickey Thompson Tires, Mike Judson, um, their support is greatly appreciated as well. Um, How about you, Tony?
0: Yeah, the... uh... Mickey Thompson, big part of our program, have been for a long time. So huge thanks to them again. Uh, Maxima Racing Well, same thing there. Um, Jim Metter for me, because he provided the vehicle for me this uh, this last week. And uh, so was, that was cool of him to let me do that. Um, our shop, of course, uh, PMR Race Cars and Holly uh, Performance Products are also a big part of uh, what we're doing, not just here at the shop and stuff, but uh, just the, the services and products that they offer and everything, too. So
4: mark williams don't forget about mark williams
0: oh yeah mark williams there's there's a lot to name but we have got uh it's definitely the core group for sure
2: well awesome i thank you guys for coming on just talking about everything that's that happened last weekend and just some of your personal stories and that was that's pretty cool the first time i got to meet you guys and i was just kind of blown away by how nice and genuine you guys were and i just thought you know what we got to have you guys on the show so i appreciate taking your time and it was an honor to honor to compete with you on the track, and but it was even a even a friendship that I hope develops and I'll cherish.
4: Absolutely, thank you, Brian. Too man, it was a it was a pleasure. Um, one more shout out, of course, for Evans Waterless Coolant. Almost forgot about them. Sorry, guys. And my better half, uh, Jackie Fitzgerald. Thank you for uh, um, hanging with me this time on this crazy little ride that we're doing with this race car stuff. So appreciate you. Love you.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys for all that you do and taking time and doing this. Cause, uh, I know you guys got other stuff going on. Same thing with the, the Bohannans, um, and, uh, all of TV promotions, their whole team and everybody there. Um, like I said, super fun race. It was awesome. Um, and, uh, thanks to my mom, Mary, and obviously my dad They're they really keep everything together. So we can, so we can do this stuff. And, um, thank you, and, mama. Yep. And, uh, and for my wife, Brittany as well. And, uh, letting us do it so you guys really appreciate everything so big team effort
2: so the other thing we have to hit while our listeners are still on we just sucked them in by having really good guests on so that way we get lots of viewers but since Bobby was busy interviewing and I was busy going rounds we kind of forgot that we have our class racing today t-shirts Ooh. and yeah I was busy not selling them and Bobby was busy not selling them so if you guys want a class racing today podcast shirt um, we were wearing them. You might have saw them. There's what the back looks that, like.
4: Absolutely. So They'll trade you.
2: <laughs> everybody wants to trade. <laughs> the problem is we have to trade two for one, and I don't know how many people keep extra smalls that would fit Bobby, but
0: oh, <laughs> I'll trade you green oh, stuff
2: boy. for a t-shirt. <laughs> there we go. Uh... And we have decals
3: too. Yep, we and also on top of the uh, t-shirts, we got we have decals for the cars. So yeah, we did not. I I neither one of us had any time to even get them out of the box this week.
2: So shameless promotion, but go ahead, reach out to us, send us a message, give us your shirt size, and we can figure that out to get you a T-shirt and stickers. Sounds good. All
3: right, guys. Thank you very much, Phil Jr. and Tony Mandela. We appreciate you guys taking the time. We know you're on the West Coast. We know you're still at work, and we don't want uh, the boss to uh, come yell at you guys, so we know you probably need to get back. And we appreciate you guys sharing your stories with us. It was great meeting you in person. And uh, we hope to see you at the track again soon.
0: Thanks for having us on, guys. It was a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot. And I appreciate what you guys are doing, too. This is a cool thing that you guys are doing for the sport. So we really appreciate that as well.
3: All right. Well, everyone out there, Class Racing Today, we're classracingtoday.com. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. All right, we're on Facebook, as you're probably on there right now, YouTube, Class Racing Today. Thank you. Craig, Picks away.
1: Don't forget Artisan Coffee, coffeebyartisan.com. This is Class Racing Today. Thanks so much for listening. We're glad the weekend went well. Class Racers Revival. We'll see you on the next one. Work on those cars and get them ready to race. Have a good one, classracingtoday.com. See you guys later.